tonight on the talent cast lies damn lies and the myth that social media is free yeah that's today on talent cast howdy welcome to the talent cast where we talk about the new world of talent acquisition and recruitment marketing I, am always, am your host, James Ellis. Uh, I was bitten by a radioactive recruiter once and discovered I had strange new powers, and thus, we are here. This podcast is not sponsored or supported by anyone whatsoever. We've instituted a 100% no-pitching rule. We're here to learn, teach, and discuss so we can all become better recruitment marketing thinkers. I'm not here to sell you anything. If you like this podcast, and I really hope you do, tell the world on LinkedIn and Twitter and any other place you're professionally social. I'm pretty sure your friends don't care. Uh, you can always review us on iTunes or Google Play. We really appreciate that. Uh, as always, if you have comments, questions, topic suggestions, if you would like me to discuss uh, your particular problem, if you know someone I should interview, reach out to me on the Twitter. It's The War for Talent. That's right, The War for Talent. Or just go to our website. We're at thetalentcast.com, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, here we go. Hope you enjoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm James Ellis. Uh, <laughs> so last week's episode about Snapchat seems to have struck some sort of nerve. I am, I have tripled the downloads this week than I normally do. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, please keep tuning in. So I, I, I actually recorded something on Tuesday for this week, and I, I'm throwing it out. I, I, I realized what the numbers were, and I said, you know what? If I'm going to get this kind of spike in audience, apparently I'm hitting some sort of nerve. Let's go ahead and ride this out a little bit. And instead of talking about constraints, um, which is a fun and valid conversation to have, certainly we can hold that off till later, uh, I'm, I, it's time to talk about social media. And I think we've danced around this a bit. I think I've danced around it in blog posts and, and webinars and stuff like that. I think uh, we had a whole conversation about Facebook. Um, but I think if I uh, <laughs> if a gun to my head, I had to say why is so, uh, social recruiting such an important topic? Well, I think it's because it's all of the lies. All of the lies. That's right. Uh, by the way, fully caffeinated, so you get the full-on me effect. So congratulations, everybody. The problem stems from this idea that social media, well, and, and we should define some terms in a minute, but social media is free. You can set up a Twitter account for free. You can set up a Facebook account for free, LinkedIn, all those things for free. So therefore, using those things are free. Right. Okay. You can set up a Zillow account for free, but that doesn't mean it comes with a free house. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why quarter after quarter, uh, an international advertising bureau keeps putting out statistics of rates of advertising growth, and they all seem to be coming from Facebook and Google. Huh. Uh, you don't think they're making money on free, do you? No, they absolutely are. So I want to talk about social media because I think there are a lot of vague terms, a lot of bad ideas, a lot of horrible thinking, a lot of myths, and uh, but a lot of value. And I want to make sure that when we say social media can be BS, and it is absolute BS most of the time, at least the way I've seen it done, um, you can do it better. You can do it well. You can do it valuably. So let's let's dive deeply and fruitfully into the wonders that is social media. So let's talk about what the heck is social media. Um, obviously, it's a term that's come, it's been used a lot in the last 10 years. 
um, even more so actually. And honestly, if you really want to say what's the first social media, everybody says, well, it's got to be, uh, well, if it's not Facebook, it's got to be, what was before Facebook? Oh yeah, MySpace, it must be MySpace, to which I will say, ha ha ha, contraire. Before MySpace was Friendster, before Friendster was, um, I want to say six hands or six, six six steps something like that um which was effectively linkedin before linkedin was it was about showing how everybody is six degrees separated uh from everybody that did not go very well before those things were blogs where they had comments before that there were web pages before that there was email so if you want to talk about what is social media and what the first social media is you start with email now this isn't going to be an email conversation because i think i kind of sort of touched on it but two episodes ago and i will dive deeply in email because i still think email is the thing you're not doing very well at all and if you did it well you would just you'd be stunned how valuable email is but that's not today's conversation um we're talking about social media and when i, when I you know when i list those those channels linkedin and and you know do you do you add Glassdoor? Do you add LinkedIn? Do you add uh, Snapchat or Instagram or Pinterest or, or or there's all these things, and some of them are very obviously social media, and some of them very very much are on the bubble, and you can't make those determinations until you say what the heck is social media. So let's make a definition. Social media is uh, very simply um, a means by having two-way conversations online. And that is it's about showing things and getting feedback and showing things and getting information and asking questions and, 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 and getting reinforcement or whatever that is. It's a two-way street. Now, original web pages were brochures. They were billboards. You put them up and people saw them and either they clicked the link or they didn't. But really, they never said, let's talk about this topic. Forums did that to some extent, but they were either full of trolls or fairly well closed off and well, well moderated. Um, and a lot of times, you know, forums are set up such that if you come in brand new, you're not allowed to say much. You have to kind of earn the right to speak up. And that's, you know, cool, I guess, but it's not going to help you very much unless you're going to spend a whole lot of time building up that credibility. Um, so, you know, everybody says, oh, I'm just going to make a, a Facebook channel or a Facebook page or a Twitter page and, and, and I'm good to go and they can start speaking. And that's true. You absolutely can. That's the kind of the nice low bar that is social media. Um, these social media channels are all very different in how they kind of perceive things. To some extent, when you talk about Facebook as kind of the most pure social media, and I think that's a fair assessment. I think Facebook and Twitter are as close as you can get to pure social media where it's people broadcasting about themselves, getting responses back, and the people who do it well are people who really engage in that two-way process. Um, that said, you know, Facebook is not... You know, <sighs> Facebook and Twitter are not, are not the same. You know, as much as Twitter has spent a lot of time trying to be Facebook for the last couple of years, because once they kind of got its ass kicked and figured out they got to figure this out, and they started playing follow the leader with Facebook a bit, uh, it's not working out. So, so here's a theory on Facebook. Facebook, and I want you to use your own Facebook channels, personal Facebook channels, as proof of this. Um, Facebook is effectively your idealized self. This is the um, this is the projection of yourself you want the world to see because you know that when someone Googles you, they're going to find your Facebook page. When, people, when someone wants to learn who you are, the first thing they do is go to your Facebook page. You don't put everything on your Facebook. You you tailor, you curate, you 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 collect and, and you prune and you make sure only the big you know the really pretty pictures of you, the um, the pictures where you're not holding a drink sometimes if you if you are still think that's important. Um, you're going to kill the typos. You're going to try and say only smart things. It is the it is the most idealized, perfected part of who you're projecting. It's your 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 sense of who you are. You want everyone to see this is the perfect world I am. 
Twitter is not that. Twitter is very much a messy, sloppy conversation. It's a very loud party. People are talking all over each other. If you if you can focus your ears a little bit, you can catch conversations and people share things they've heard from other people, but it's very much a very, very, very big conversation. Um, if you wanted to see who I was on Twitter, you'd get 140 characters as a bio, which wouldn't tell you much, and then you'd start scrolling through what I've had to say and trying to define what I've said. Now, given that I tweet quite a bit, you're going to have to, you know, if you scroll past the first hundred, you know, tweets that are shown to you, you're going to see who I am this month, not who I am this year or who I was last year or who I was last decade. In Facebook, it's very easy to jump around and find people. Okay, who were you in high school? Who were you in college? Who were you when you're in your first job? Who are you now? Um, oh, let me see your wedding pictures. Let me see your kids' pictures. Let me see the party you went to when your parents turned 55, 65, 75, 85 sold. Um, you know, that's what Facebook's for. Twitter is a conversation. Those are very, very social, social things. You post a picture on Facebook of that party, people want to tell you, oh, tell your mom and dad I said hey, or that's a great picture, or they want to go back and forth. And you can, in fact, comment on their comments, and it's very social. And I mean social, I mean people having conversations. That's really what social means. You know, when you say, you know, you tell your kid you got to be more social, what you're saying is put down the phone and go talk to somebody. Uh, not go pick up Facebook. You want them to engage. You want them to have a person-to-person conversation. Things start falling off the wagon real fast when you take the social out of social media. So for example, um, how many of you use LinkedIn to comment on other people's stuff and have conversations on LinkedIn? Maybe a handful of you. Uh, You might like things. You might hit the like button pretty quickly and pretty easily and without too much worry. But really, there's not a lot of conversation out there. There's some. Certainly, there is some. Uh, and given that Facebook, I'm sorry, LinkedIn is all about business, it is a well-focused channel for having those conversations. Um, but do you get the sense that groups really aren't being what groups used to be or could have been? That those groups around the things you're interested in, or even you know recruiter groups, they're kind of thin. They're not you know very 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 few have active conversations. Mostly they're places for uh, people much like myself who are publishing to say, hey, by the way, this audience, you should see, I have an article, you should read it. Mm, really good coffee this afternoon. Um, that's what LinkedIn is. And to some extent, that means LinkedIn is not a true social medium. And I would agree with that idea that it's not true social media. It's a broadcast medium with some social tools tacked onto it. Because let's be fair, LinkedIn is a Rolodex more than anything else. And it's only recently gotten to broadcasting and publishing to figure out how to activate more of its audience. And now that it's owned by Microsoft, no one really knows where it's going. My guess, it's just going to become an Outlook plug-in um, to some extent. But that's just me. I'm, I'm probably completely wrong there. So what about the other social channels? What about, you know, you got the big four in recruiting. The, la- the fourth one is Glassdoor, and I think Glassdoor is absolutely non-social. It is not. However, it's very valuable. To call it and lump it into social media suggests that you're asking the, you know, the kid, and I, I use those in air quotes, the kid who's publishing to Facebook, and you say, hey, throw one of those posts onto Glassdoor once a week just so we can keep the channel active. You're That's a that is the easiest possible Glassdoor strategy, and it's, you know, the the more effort you put into it, the le- <laughs> the more value you get out of it. So the less effort you put into throwing a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post and throwing it on Glassdoor, the less effort you're going to get, and the less return you're going to get out of it. You need to actually think it through and treat it like a separate channel to get real value out of it. Um, there's not much interaction. At best, you can the the, the business can respond to a a, uh, a review, and that's about it. You can say that this review is helpful, and that's about it. It's 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 deeply unsocial relative to a Facebook or a Twitter. So the fact that it gets lumped into social is it's it's just lumped in. 
Pinterest. Pinterest is not particularly social. It's a way of sharing things, so there is an element of socialness in it, but there's not a lot of conversation. There's not a lot of socialness to it. It's a way of saying, okay, of the 100 friends I have, what are my 100 friends into? And of the people who are into, into um, I don't know, cats from Denmark, uh, he says without literally making that up, um, what's the big conversation? Who are the people who mo are showing the most interesting pictures and articles and stories about cats in Denmark? It's, you know, the demographics are, skilled, are very much skewed women, if that's important. Um, the people who use it are not using it to look for jobs or keeping job information. So for you, it's probably not very useful. Um, so there you go. Instagram, social, yeah, kinda, sorta. Certainly more than like a glass door, but not like a Facebook or Twitter. Um, people post comments and I've seen people respond to those comments, but it's super, super unusual. Really, it's about, here's my picture. I've polished it up to within an inch of its life. It's the most gorgeous picture I could possibly use. Here it is. And in recruiting, you say, here's a picture of our people doing something. They're at a volunteer activity. Excuse me. They're, they're working really hard. They're smiling, whatever it is. And you polish that picture up and you put it out there in the hopes that someone says, oh, that's interesting. And you throw uh, half a bajillion hashtags on the thing. Ugh, and we, we should probably do a whole I'm looking at my board of possible podcast topics and I'm realizing I gotta throw hashtags on this thing because hashtags are such a conversation in and of themselves. Anyway, um, so it's, 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 it's a way of taking audiences who found you and know you and are following you for whatever reason. And again, I would question why they're following you. We're probably gonna dive into that in a second. Um, to see you and, that, and feel good about that, what they're seeing because visuals are incredibly powerful, no question. It's just not very social. Um, social implies that you can pass it around because they're people passing information back and forth. It means it's very shareable and Instagrams are not as shareable as all that. Uh, liking it doesn't mean your friends will see that you liked it. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, you, there are ways to see stuff like that, but it's, it's, it's tucked in the back. It's, it's really not Instagram's focus. It, Instagram for you guys, you got to think of it as a media channel. It's really, how do you put an ad up there that's got a very pretty picture and a quick call to action and that's what you're going to use it for. What else? Oh, Snapchat. Well, we talked about that last week. Yes, very powerful. Yes, you can engage. Yes, you can have two-way conversations. I know I have them with plenty of my friends. Um, it's just not the most easy thing to use, and collecting an audience enough to justify the conversations is not very easy to do. Um, what else? What other social channels are out there? Um, maybe that's it. Maybe that's where we'll stop. There's, there's, I mean, there's a million social channels out there that aren't kind of taking that critical mass. You know, Yik Yak kind of fell by the wayside. I had high hopes for that. Uh, Periscope's um, not quite there. Facebook Live, I guess you could treat as a separate channel. It's just broadcast on Facebook. Uh, Meerkat's dead. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's stuff out there, but you know what else is social? Reddit's social. Reddit's a very powerful social. People actually have engaging conversations on it. They're throwing information. They're sharing information. I think if you have a social strategy and you're not including Reddit, you're missing some opportunities. Um, you know, I can't say that I'm the Reddit expert, but every time I post something on Reddit, I get good traffic back from it. And given it's, you know, 20 seconds to post something, not that I want you all to spam it, and you don't want to post jobs, you want to post stories, um, they get shared, they get clicked. The, if you put it to the right audience, they will engage with it. It's kind of cool. So that's kind of social media in a nutshell. And I'm going to say, here's what you're doing wrong. 
okay? First off, you're treating social media as media first and social almost not at all. You're posting your stuff, you're taking your jobs, you're spewing them out there, you're spamming the bejesus out of everybody on Twitter and sometimes Facebook and other places, and that's not where people are. Um, here's the definition of spam for those of you who don't really know it. It's information that is not applicable or useful to you when you did not ask for it. That is... Twitter. <laughs> that is taking all your jobs and pushing them on Twitter. That is, um, you know, just by having a tab on your Facebook channel that says, here are some jobs, and there's a job search tool in it, no one's ever going to use it because that's not what they're there for. You're on Facebook, remember, to look at pictures of your friends, to look at pictures of cats, to comment on your friend's stuff, and that's it. You push a job there, and no one's going to read it. Um, so, But you can use Facebook incredibly powerfully. You know, the fact that it's got 1.6 or 1.7 billion monthly users, active users, uh, kind of is a thing. You can actually use it. The question is, how do you do it right? And Facebook, I think as we've talked about before, Facebook is all about using it as a reference tool. People who find a job on their job board and say, I don't know this brand very well, or I don't know this employer brand very well, and I think there's a, dis a clear difference there, a clear uh, consideration there. You know, for example, I know Target very, very well because they have half my paycheck because I have a kid. Um, I don't, you know, I, I may not know their employer brand. I don't know how they treat their people. I don't know, would I want to work there? And that's a whole separate conversation, even though I'm effectively a lifetime customer and they have, you know, so much of my time and brain power from a retail consumer brand standpoint. So would I care to work there? And that's an open question. Um, that's the difference between a brand and employer brand for your money. Um, so, you know, when I find that there's a job at, let's say, Target, and it's at the headquarters, and it's actually a job that I might actually be interested in doing, it's not a, a local store job for me, um, well, what do I know about them? Well, what am I going to do first? I'm going to go to Glassdoor, and I'm going to go to Google, and I'm going to go to Facebook, and I'm going to go to in, to LinkedIn. Those are the places I go to do research, and I use the royal eye, not me personally, even though that is true, but that's what the data says. Uh, the data says those are the four places everybody goes to do research on the brand. Who is this company? Where are they located? What does the office look like? What do people say about it? Do people seem to like working there, or do they really hate working there? What kinds of people work there? So if I'm college educated and I find that there's a really interesting company and they need a director of marketing and it turns out that everybody leaving Glassdoor seems to be barely um, barely high school graduates, this is not the place I'm going to be. These are not the people I'm going to feel comfortable with and vice versa. You're not going to feel comfortable if you're a high school graduate or you barely, you know, you didn't graduate high school surrounded by people with, you know, high educations or whatever. It's just not who you are. If it's a... You know, just the, the title of the job is so nondescriptive usually. You want to know who is this company and who do they hire and what kinds of people do they really value and who am I going to be surrounded with and what's the work experience. All of those are the questions that people want answered. You don't have any of that in your job description. You don't ever say, hey, by the way, this is the kind of job where you're going to work 12 hours a day, but you're going to be surrounded by people working 12 hours a day, putting their best into every single thing every single day and they go home exhausted and they turn around they do it the next day but they're all people who you know are trying to focus on this vision or they're all just trying to barely scrape by that stuff is never in the job description but really that's the stuff that people want described that's what the job is to a person right the job isn't the description the job is the everyday experience of showing up and getting paid what is that really like? And that's where they go. They go to Facebook, they go to Glassdoor, they go to LinkedIn, and they go to Google to find that information. So you have to fill your, those channels with that kind of information. Now, that might imply that what's going on on Facebook really effectively goes on Glassdoor, and I hate when uh, companies just think they can you know, double it down and say, oh, just put the same stuff everywhere. It's a lot less work. It's no big deal. Nope, it doesn't work. You need to 
polish it and frame it for the channel. Facebook is going to be a little more visual. Facebook is going to be a little more flippant and a little more friendly. Facebook is going to be a little more casual. Glassdoor, not so much. It's different. So you can't just take one and throw it on the other. You want success in Facebook? You tell interesting, engaging stories about people who work there, why they like to work there, and you put them out there on a semi-regular basis. When I say semi-regular, I'm not talking daily. I'm not even talking weekly necessarily. Remember, it's not about pushing information out on your social channel on Facebook. It's about letting people find you. That means if I go searching for you, I don't want to see six years worth of information. I just want to see what's recent. I just want enough, get enough information to go, I get this brand, yes or no. I have enough information to make a decision. I'm not going to notice that it's been two weeks since you've published, unless it's been two years. That, then I'm going to discount pretty much everything I see. But you don't need to hit a cadence on Facebook to make Facebook work for you. Now, there are some things you want to put on a regular basis and you might want to publish. I don't think that's the way you should be spending your time. I think that there are um, very particular stories that you want to target to certain audiences who you want to attract to your brand, and that's an effective strategy. And let's talk about that for a second because that's not organic social. That's paid social. So in Facebook, on the organic side, you want to make sure you have these stories about who's working there, why they like working there, and who's going to be successful because that's the stuff that I, as a researcher, as I'm looking for about information about your employer brand, that's what I want to see. However, if I'm not coming to your channel how do you want, and you want to reach me for some reason, let's say I'm a passive candidate and you think I, you have an interesting story to tell me, that's where Facebook paid really comes into its own. What it, you do is you say, okay, I'm going to find everybody between this age and this age and this geographic area who went to these schools or went to any school who is interested in analytics or interested in law or interested in whatever you think they need to be interested in. And you develop a very, 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 very small subset of people. Okay, your goal here is not to cast your net wide. That's what broadcast medium is all about. You want to make, you know, you want to make a million people see this ad, and only twenty of them actually can click on it because it's only mean for them. Go buy yourself a Super Bowl ad. That's not what this is for. This is about saying, I only want to find a handful of the exact right people, and I'm going to hit them hard because that's how. Fa Look, Facebook's power from advertising medium is it's a credible ability to target based on interest, self-selected interests. If you go just shotgunning information out to everybody and anybody, you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time. Um, an effective Facebook ad should hit 20 people. Now, there's media people right now screaming at me, uh, hey, how you doing, um, telling me, well, that doesn't work because the ad doesn't spend out and blah, 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 blah. I, that's, I don't care. Does my ad spend out is not, a, is not a problem I should be caring about. The problem I should be caring about is, is it reaching people who matter? Is it reaching people I care about? Am I making sure that this particular story, and it's never a job, it's a story, this particular story, and with this particular headline and post, which is geared towards that particular tiny set of people, is it hitting them? Yes, great. If I, spend, if I go to spend 100 bucks and only spend 20, it's not like the other 80 goes away. You take that 80, you put it back in your pocket, and you do it again. You do it four more times and spend that money that way. Is it harder? Do you have to build a lot more ads to do that way? Yeah. But again, your not goal isn't efficiency. If you wanted efficiency, buy a Super Bowl ad. Go talk to everybody the same way. And turns out you're going to get zero resonance. What you need to use Facebook for is super hyper-targeted ads. But beware that it's a different model. You, you are going to spend more time building ads, more time 
polishing the art, the, the, the headlines on that and hyper-targeting it to the right people. Now, your agency may tell you that's a bad way to go because they're around efficiency and making sure they can hit as many people. They're hitting your metrics. You're giving them the wrong metrics. What you want to say is, I need to find, this is a really hard to find, fill job. And there's 20 people in, the, in this area who could probably do it. I want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to their friends. I don't want to talk to their parents. I don't want to talk, want to, talk to the people they went to school with. I want to talk to them with this story. They'll do it. Trust me, they will do it. But it's, <laughs> they're not going to like it because it's a shift in model. Because they've always treated Facebook like yet another broadcast medium, yet another, um, I don't know, Google or, or Yahoo or any other ad network that you're just pounding ads out, that's how they want to treat it. And that's not what Facebook's all about. It's really not. It's really, really, really not. So that's Facebook in a nutshell. That's how you use it. You use it organically to build research inf information, and you use it promoted to do hyper-targeted uh, story push to virgin eyeballs. What about Twitter? Well, Twitter's really tough, and frankly, if we had this conversation a year ago, I would probably tell you something different. Right now, I am absolutely terrified that Twitter is on the cusp of just fa falling apart. Um, the, their internal politics, the change in leadership, no one seems to know what they do. The five years in which they had a huge kind of momentum going for them in which they seem to be launching exactly no new technology and no new features and no new stuff, they seem to have really missed their window. That said, you may look around and notice that Twitter's suddenly in the news quite a bit lately um, based on, I don't know, a certain elected official, perhaps in North America, who seems to be using the channel quite a bit, and it's stirring up a lot of conversation. Now, when politics was, you know, politics and political, and it was about people of different ideological positions kind of trying to, you know, snipe each other and snark each other, it wasn't as central to the conversation. I mean, I remember 10, you know, not 10 years ago, gosh, I guess eight years ago, when Twitter first was really kind of growing momentum, you would find the best conversations there. And it was the best way to establish what I called whiskers, like on a cat. You know why a, whisk, a cat has whiskers? It's because of these very long hairs that stack out from their face on the, directly on the side of their face. It's designed so that when the cat moves its head in one direction or another, if the whisker hits something, it's going to hit something before it hits the face, and it gives the cat um, a heads up that something's going on, or that something's there, or something's coming at them. It's kind of like the long-range sonar of a cat, and that's what Twitter is. It's long-range sonar. Those of you who remember uh, years ago when um, Osama was uh, killed, Twitter went nuts two hours ahead of time when it got leaked on Twitter that that's what was happening. It's like the president's doing a... Um, and uh, what do they call it? A um, uh, briefing America, and you know they're interrupting all the the, the, the programming, and he has an announcement, and then it immediately became it's Osama. This is what happened, and the information started leaking. That stuff all came out on Twitter hours before officially it came out in America. Technically, very few people should have had that information, but a huge population had that information ahead of time. You want to have a conversation about a subtle thing? There's Twitter chats for that. Are very obscure thing, their Twitter chats for that. You want to get a sense of what's about to happen or you watch the Oscars with Twitter in the background and you can see when everybody is just stunned by something. Somebody said something's funny, somebody said something horrible, somebody wore something horrible, um, somebody stood up for something, whatever it is. It is effectively your long-range sonar. Instead of just being in your living room watching the Oscars with your significant other or maybe your friends or whatever and it's just you deciding that's important, when you realize that that's what America and the world and et cetera, et cetera, is seeing is important, um, 
it's impactful. It really gives a sense of, wow, everybody saw that and everybody had the same reaction. Everybody had a very different reaction and it's, it's an interesting process. Twitter is incredibly powerful. However, much like a conversation, you can't phone it in. Um, <laughs> trying to use Twitter and having a conversation and scheduling it is kind of like learning to dance via a series of still pictures. Um, it doesn't make any sense. A conversation is a conversation. Much in the same way that I don't know exactly what I'm going to say 30 seconds from now because my conversation has, I, have, I don't know exactly where it's leading. I kind of follow it around as it goes. You can tell. Uh, but if I'm having a conversation with you, I don't know where we're going. I don't know when the, when the, when the, the topic shifts and grows and evolves and moves. Uh, I can't anticipate it. I, can't, I, can, I can move it a little bit, but you don't have to follow along. You can say, no, no, I want to still talk about this thing, and I'm not necessarily in the position to force you to talk about what I want. A conversation is a dance, and you can't schedule that. You can schedule announcements, but nobody cares. Twitter is not really i mean it can be used that way it's not very effective that way so don't do it facebook or twitter is all about having the conversation and if you're not willing to really invest in someone or many someones to listen to what people are talking to you and engaging in conversation and answering questions and helping people find what they need and doing customer service and doing real recruiting on facebook or on twitter by having conversations you might want to get off of twitter it is not an effective – if you just take your jobs and, and put them out there, you're spamming. I know because I've seen clients who have done exactly that, and I go look and see, oh, look, Twitter just called you a spammer, and they listed your account as a spam account. Ha ha, you're done. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. Posting stuff uh, – go take a look at your metrics. When you post stories, a handful of people click on it, even if you have thousands and thousands of followers. Have a conversation, join a Twitter account, um, put information out there on a regular basis that's useful, that's not just a press release, you're going to have engagement. Um, do you follow people who follow you on Twitter? Just, no, seriously question. All right, go, go find out. Does your brand, your, your um, employer brand on Twitter follow people back? And if you don't, why don't you? I don't understand that. I think that's a huge issue. I think um, you know people, tr you know, companies trying to be big on Twitter, they ignore the basics. They ignore the most standard way of engaging with people, and the first thing you do is you follow them. I don't care if that person has a hundred followers and is not very popular and is not going to be a big deal. If they wanted to follow you and they want to engage with you, follow them back, because from a technical level, once you're following each other, you can have you can send direct messages back and forth, and you can have real conversations. You can even find out if this is the right person, and you know, and set up everything up to a phoner if you need to. Um, but social recruiting on Twitter, it's hard to do if you're a company and you're a brand and you're just there spouting stuff off. Now, if you're a recruiter on Twitter, it's a different conversation because as an individual. You probably have some guidelines from your company says you should do this and you shouldn't do this. You probably shouldn't talk politics and you probably shouldn't swear too much and uh, let's keep the naked people off your channel and otherwise, you know, keep it professional. Um, but other than that, you are allowed to be engaged in that conversation. You're allowed to be you, a person, and you're allowed to have opinions about things even though your goal is to engage with job seekers and get them to apply, presumably, or at least get, you to, get them to learn about the employer brand. Um, <clears throat> That's a different step story. Yes, Twitter can still be powerful with that. The problem is it is still a time suck. It is still a great way to spend time engaging on Twitter chats for very little return. Um, some people, you look, some people are really great on stand-up and some people are bad. In fact, the number of people who are really great at it are very, very small. And many of them are incredibly famous now because of it. 
relative to the number of people who will try the occasional open mic and think they're funny, it's a night. It's it's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction. The people who are successful on Twitter, same thing. Tiny, tiny, tiny fraction. You can't look at, you know, if you were to say, hey, Jerry Seinfeld's super successful as a, as a comedian. I guess all comedians are, are that successful and can get hundred million dollar Netflix deals. No, you you apparently you'd be surprised. <laughs> no, that's not even true. That's not even remotely true. Good comedians can command power and money. Mediocre comedians, not so much. So if you're going to do Twitter, you got to be good at it. And some of you are naturally good at it and some of you are not. So you have to kind of figure out where can you be good at those things. We talked about Snapchat, so I'm not even going to deal with that. Uh, last, that's literally last week's episode, so go dive into that if you want. What's left? Okay, so LinkedIn. LinkedIn to me is on the bubble. It's not really quite social. It is sort of, but it's really, it's like a channel in which you added, added the social features on late because that's what LinkedIn did. They, that really, it was about, I'm connected to these people and I get updates about these people, meaning they got a new job, they were mentioned in the news, and only a couple years ago did LinkedIn say, we should have a publishing platform where people can talk and share news and uh, write their own articles and publish things and, and engage conversation and groups happen where you had forums and blah, 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 but those were later in the game. Ooh. Yep. So, but that doesn't mean it's not good social or that you can't do good social there. You can, it's just that it's thin. Uh, meaning, I have problems finding um, LinkedIn groups that are active, that are on conversation, that aren't just all self-promotion. And let's be fair, full disclosure, that's usually me. That's how I use them. I'd love to have conversations, but who has the time? And if I don't have that kind of time, you don't have the time. On top of that, people post the same content over and over and over again. I see the same, oh my God, if I had a dime for every time someone posted the, um, here are the 10 things you don't need to be that aren't talent that you need to be to be successful, like showing up on time and meeting your expectations and putting 100%, you know, that list of 10 things. Oh my God. Or the one, oh, this kills me. The one where somebody says, people who are, oh gosh, I probably could find it on LinkedIn. I got it in front of me. Um, I'm going to mess it up if I don't find it. And of course, now that I'm looking for it, I can't find it. But the one that says, um, people who are um, appreciated um, do more work and do better work inherently or... There's so many of these kind of trait. Um, they're almost they're almost calls for cries for help. They're like, please, you know, I feel very depressed about my work and my boss hates me, um, and so I'm going to take it out on LinkedIn by saying by being passive aggressive about these posts. And of course, I can't find one. Oh, killing me. Um, yeah, but the 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 people who are um, people who are appreciated always do more work. That's a pretty common one. Um, yeah, I can't find it. Sorry. Um, I'm sure it'll pop up right after this, after I talk. Um, but you've seen them. I mean, if you're on LinkedIn at all, and, and as recruiters, you are, um, the news feed is filled with this, these trite stories and infographics used over and over and over again. Uh, news stories I've already seen two days ago on Facebook because LinkedIn's... Um, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. So LinkedIn, it's not as simple as when I publish, everybody sees my stuff. It's a... One, it's an uh, algorithmic uh, model. So if I publish today, uh, if I publish today at noon, it, it can take up to a week for 60 to 80% of all of my followers to see what I've just posted. So consequently, 
LinkedIn is really, really bad for breaking news because it might wait a week to show it to somebody, in which case you're like, yeah, this has already resolved itself. No one cares. Oh, by the way, the Dr. Evil working from home. Oh, enough. Oh, Lord. Uh, with the air quotes. I'm scrolling as I'm talking. I'm seeing these things. That's a pain in the ass. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so it's not good for breaking news. It's really good for meaty, juicy stories that have a, that, that lack time, that lack um, topicalness, that it's, it's all about time. Um, this is true evergreen content that's true all the time not just the second um, that's a good use of information uh, articles uh, that are meaty they're juicy they're not just you know god the number of articles from Inc. that are just re um, gurgitated articles from other people ugh, so don't care um, but good information when it, it gets found it gets shared and I've seen it happen and it's very very powerful so you want to focus LinkedIn on telling good stories and sometimes those stories are directly connected to your brand and sometimes they're not sometimes they're just about saying we're part of this world we're part of this industry we're part of this space and we're engaged with it we're not just pushing stuff at you we are part of it and we want it to be successful just as much as we want to be successful and we'll, we're willing to do that part um, you know, you want to have those pieces in it. You want to have those elements in it to show that you're serious. Because again, much like Facebook, people come to LinkedIn to do research on your brand, and you want to make sure that those points are made. Um, as a recruiter, there's the opportunity for you to blog on LinkedIn, and I think there's a if you're willing to take the long view, if you're willing to say, look, for the next year, I'm going to publish, let's say, every two weeks, I'm something of interest or something I've noticed or something I think people should know. Um, and you commit to it, I think you can really grow your network significantly to the point where when you do need to talk to them about jobs, um, they're there. You know, they're, they're willing to listen to you because you've really um, invested in that goodwill and credibility ahead of time. Like I said, that's a year and that's work because some of you don't write very well or very quickly or, you know, are going to sit there at a blank page for three hours going, oh, what do I have to say? And we've all been there. Um, it's tough. It's not an easy thing to do. But again, as the easier something is to do, the less value it's going to have. So you want to find these things or places where um, you can have value because you're willing to do the effort because no one else is. That's power. That's value. That's how you use some of these channels very, very powerfully. So that's LinkedIn. Um, Glassdoor, I think it's straightforward. You publish stories. You engage with people who uh, comment or who uh, review you. You talk, And there's plenty of here's the, the end-all be-all of everything I have to say about how do you engage with um, Glassdoor, negative Glassdoor reviews because that's really what anybody cares about. Nobody has problems engaging with positive Glassdoor reviews. Nobody's sweating that. Um, go read Jay Bear's, and that's Bear spelled B-A-E-R, Hug Your Haters. It's not going to tell you exactly how to respond, but man, it's going to put you in the right mindset, and it's going to tell you how important it is and make it very easy to sell up the chain why you should be you know, pushing these and not f spending all your time trying to pressure Glassdoor to turn them off because they're not gonna. Um, you know, how do you engage? How do you treat these reviews as opportunities to learn, opportunities to do better? And, you know, part of that is making sure your executive team isn't going to take that stuff personally because generally they do. Trust me, seen it. Um, you want to make sure that you're willing to listen. And frankly, and engaging means I've heard you. Engaging means having to say, I heard that. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I heard that. And sometimes for some people, that's really hard to say. So that book's great. Hug Your Haters, Jay Bear. Go read that. That's everything you need to know there. Instagram, again, it's just a media channel. Just push stuff out to media. 
Um, what else? Snapchat we've talked about. Pinterest, I just don't I, – look, I've seen huge brands try it and they get nothing out of it. They really get nothing out of it. There are, with, as with all things, a handful of strange – perfect opportunities where you are perfectly acclimated and perfectly positioned to use that channel for it, they are so few and far between. They border on mythic, so I don't even want to talk about that stuff. Um, you know, email we're going to talk about as a separate thing um, because I think that is there. I think we need to talk about to some extent how to use your your website. Hashtags are a separate thing um, because I've, I've gone on quite a bit. I've been wait, almost 40 minutes. Um, so I think I'm, I'm ready to close up. That's really the no BS social recruiting world. There are places where it's useful, but you can't treat it. Here's the, yeah, here's the takeaway. It's not a magic wand, people. It's not magic fairy pixie dust that you sprinkle on things to make it magically better. It doesn't work that way. And it's, you know, the, 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 the fallacy that, oh, it's new, so therefore it can break all the rules. Well, yeah, no. I mean, there's still rules of how people work. Just because there's a new channel doesn't mean that people don't job search the way they've always job searched. And frankly, with all the social channels out there, I don't think how people job search is all that different. You know, yes, mobiles change things. And yes, there's the next expectation that a lot of information about your brand and what the experience of working for there is available. But that took 10 years to shift. That's not a, hey, there's a new channel called Woo Woo and we should all be on it. And it breaks all the rules. Suddenly you don't have to do the hard work. It does all the hard work for you. Here, there's a huge red flag. Anybody who comes in and says, I got a, I got a tool for you. Here's a tool. We're going to take all your jobs and we're going to post them to your to a tab on Facebook. And it won't cost you any time at all. It's, you know, here, pay us a couple of bucks and we'll make it happen. That was incredibly easy, which means it's incredibly ineffective. There is truly a, a direct correlation between the amount of work it takes to do something and the value that comes out of it. If they tell you that, hey, here's a tool that works, it's going to let you spam your friends' networks or your employees' friends' networks, it's easy, but therefore it's not valuable. You're now spamming and now you're ruining relationships up and down the board. Anything that's easy is not worth doing. If it's worth doing, it's tough to do. Why? Okay, it's real simple. Let's say it's easy to do. Guess what? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. If it's easy, you are not the only recruiter scratching your head and recruitment marketer begging and desperate to find the next new thing and, and some way of gaining an advantage. That is everybody. That is the entire universe of recruiting and recruitment marketing. We are all desperate for an edge and a desperate for an advantage. And every time we think we see one and it's easy to do, congratulations. Everybody's already done it or everybody's about to do it at the same time you are. You have gained exactly zero advantage. Focus your time, energy, resources on the stuff that nobody else can do well. Focus your time, energy, and resources on the stuff that's too hard for most other people to do. It's simple as that. You want to win in social media? Go do the stuff that's hard. That's where the win is. But you know why? Because it's a really thin market. It's a really uncrowded space. There's nobody there to give you a hard time. That's how you win awards. That's how you get noticed, by doing it right. And doing it right is hard and expensive sometimes and certainly time-consuming all the time. That's what you got to know about social media. That's the no BS answer of social media. So there you go. If any of this uh, annoys you, <laughs> and certainly it might, uh, or you have questions or you have uh, follow-ups or something was unclear. Hey, I'm on Twitter. I mean, man, I live on Twitter. So at the war for talent, go bug me. Uh, tell your friends, tell your professional friends, tell your LinkedIn crowd. Uh, I'm going to try and do that too. I'm going to try and promote these, these things as much as possible. Uh, but you should help me share this around if you think this is useful. 
I want to engage. I want to be part of your world. I want you to help me understand what you see. Let's talk about this stuff. Send me notes. Send me questions. Send me concerns. Send me objections. Send me criticisms. Um, whatever. Send them to me. Otherwise, you can find me on the website, thetalentcast.com, thetalentcast.com, for those of you who didn't catch it the first time, or at The War for Talent. Review us on Apple if you like this, or iTunes, or uh, iTunes is Apple, uh, or Android Play, or uh, Google Play, or whatever it's called. Um, we really, really appreciate that. That's really how we let people know that this is not yet another BS junkie podcast, that this is real. You know, My goal here is not to pitch you a thing. A thing. My here is to, my job here is to give you the, the 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 straight dope, the real stuff, the stuff that matters, the stuff that you can use. And sometimes that's tactical, and sometimes that's strategic. And hopefully you like it, and hopefully you get something out of it. So, send me questions, send me concerns, send me interview topics or interview people. Um, we'll do that too. So otherwise, I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. This is James Ellis. Talk to you soon. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.